on music. The podcast dedicated to in-depth engagement with the world of sound. Brought to you by Haus der Kulturen der Welt in Berlin. Club culture is a global phenomenon, but usually only a few centers are in the focus of general attention. What challenges do protagonists face away from the big cities and the realities of Augsburg, Chemnitz, Leipzig, and Wuppertal? What conditions shape dance floors and their social context there? This podcast episode opens an audio space for club activists from these German towns. They talk about their experiences, hopes, and visions, about how they create environments for dance and dialogue in their specific surroundings, and thus continue to work on the common project of a politics of the dance floor. Shaping dance floors locally. A podcast by Haus der Kultur in der Welt, in collaboration with Refuge Worldwide, curated by Kirsten Meissner and Sarah Farina, a.k.a. Transmission. A club can mean a home to somebody, and a club is a place of belonging for so many people, and it's really important to keep these alive. Our events are about sharing with each other, sharing music, sharing movement, and sharing space. That's very important for me. If you're asking for my ideal vision of the dance floor, the key word for the perfect dance floor would be unity, respect, love, and confidence. Of course, I could say that the ideal vision of the dance floor would be a room free of discrimination and a room where you can be who you are, but I experienced too much struggles to say something like that, to be honest. Jin Bali is a musician, DJ, producer, and promoter based in Wuppertal. There, she co-founded the Yaya Amalopa Association and, since 2019, runs the Yaya event series. What I actually do on the dance floor is also a lot of, like, based on where I actually live. And I live in North Rhine-Westphalia, which is, from my point of view, actually one of the coolest states in Germany, as it takes me, like, 30 to 40 minutes to get to every city. And this is actually so nice because I can just catch a new vibe of a whole different city in, like, half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke 
smoking an Escobano. Guzzle my second bottle. Hope I don't catch a homo. Grossing our net simultaneously making me climb higher. Heinous crimes behind me. Search for can't find me. Fuck sadness. Had this been you having this lavish habitual happiness at me, you wouldn't look back. Would you would have sex on condominium roof decks? So anyone move next? I hit you with two texts. Rock the Roberto Cavalli. No show, no convertible. Jin Bali feels gender unbound and loves to play genre unbound. Their sound is mainly influenced by her classical training as a guitarist, growing up with R&B, hip hop, and rock, and living in a world they might not really belong to. I am based in Wuppertal, but I also organize parties in other cities in Northern Westphalia. But the main base of Yaya is definitely Wuppertal, and we are working with one specific club called Mauke, and this is actually the only place where we do actually feel safe. I also think that the most important thing for us in Northern Westphalia is to connect the different cities together to, in order to become something big. Of course, Wuppertal is our base, but we faced so many negative experiences there that we're trying not to only see this city and try to change everything in the city because it's hard work. And me and my two partners I've been working with for the last years, we're tired also of the city. There's so many narrow-minded thoughts and ways people interact in the scene that we don't want to be part of. Our main struggle in this whole procedure and structure is that we actually do not own a place. And this means that we always submitted to the structure that we're actually trying to smash and also with our parties. Well, I gotta say, these circumstances always make me feel like we are not able to actually stay true to our mission, even though we want to, but just the fact that every place that I know is owned by cis men makes the whole mission a bit more complicated. Of course, I could say that the ideal vision of the dance floor would be a room free of discrimination and a room where you can be who you are, but I experienced too much struggles to say something naive like that, to be honest. But of course, that's the mission. Let's just say the ideal vision I have is dependent on so many different aspects like power play, money and resources, energy and privileges. In the ideal world, I would just be playing my own gigs and the rest of the time I would think about a new set design for the club with my work partner Lulu and I would just like craft the shit out of it, let's say like that, that would be my ideal workplace. thing is that mostly I don't really have the chance but people politicize my body and I am put in a position where I have to do stuff like community work or political work even though I would just like to play my gigs and craft the shit out of it. People write mails like you as a Kurdish person and I'm like why do you know that I'm Kurdish from where do you know this and why do you think that the struggles that I have with my family and my families and my ancestors have why do you think that this is something that you can use now for your club like tokenization is a real thing and like 
90% of the mails that I receive are based on that. And there are so little, little mails that I receive just for me playing. I formed up this collective where we tried to lift each other up. That made people feel like we are a kind of threat to them. But we just tried to build up our own thing. And building up their own thing made other people feel like we tried to threaten somebody. But we don't. We just want to live in peace, actually. I'm interested in creating bases that are, for instance, drug-free and how we actually can form up places just for queer Flinta people. How could a club like this look like? Because when I think about Bupata, we can't even put on a party that is just for queer Flinta. The scene is too small in these cities and people don't actually see small cities like Wuppertal being able to organize a party like that. It's just not connected. If you want to go to a queer party, you go to Berlin, but you don't do this in your hometown because you don't also want to be associated with it because it's so small, everybody knows everybody. And I want to be this person that also connects the real world with the club world and maybe can build a bridge where we can be queer in the real world, but also in the club. Ramin is a DJ based in Leipzig who hosts the Music of Color morning show on Radio Blau, which airs weekly every Saturday morning. The goal of his music selection is to completely dissolve genre boundaries, which is also the aim of the gatherings Ramin organizes with the other members of the Music of Color crew. The collective envisions itself at the intersection of the creative and art scenes, a social movement, and the public, bringing the different fields together at their dances and community events. My name is Ramin. I'm based in Leipzig, now living here for a bit more than four years. I'm a DJ and radio presenter and also a curator, I would say. I'm representing a crew that is called Music of Color. In Leipzig over here, we are organizing gatherings or dances. There are very specific reasons why we choose these terms or why I like to prefer these terms instead of event or party. Cause Our events are about sharing with each other, sharing music, sharing movement and sharing space. What we try to do is really host an event or a gathering. So we are really thinking about all the little details that make something special or that help us to connect people with each other through music. And another very important aspect of our project, I guess, is empowering people and enabling access. So empowering people by giving artists chances, giving new artists space to try out themselves and gain experiences in the music industry, and also create a space where we can celebrate each other.
of course, important for us is diversity of the people that organize and diversity as far as the artist represented, but also diversity in sound. I think that's very, very important for me because our project very often gets viewed as something that's only caring about representation when actually it's also an artistic statement about sounds that are not as much represented in the city and don't really happen that often, especially in a club environment. And I guess to sum it up, we are trying to create something that's transformative and connecting people through sound. You can talk a lot about how these spaces can be some sort of like refuge for like-minded people or even marginalized people. I guess that's also where the culture or many of the aspects from this culture comes from. So I feel like that is a very important aspect. And with our project, we try to put ourselves in this lineage and be aware of this fact. But then also for more easier reasons to just listen to music on big loud speakers and share this with other people and share a feeling together and to express yourself through movement is something very very powerful joy can also be some form of protest in a sense especially from people who don't experience that much joy in our society. And it can also be something that can be transformative. So people that might be very different can be connected through music. I feel like the term or the statement, the pandemic as a room for reflection, unfortunately appears to me a bit of an empty statement because I feel like a lot of um, festivals and clubs are very much continuing what they've done before and especially for a project like us which was hoping for more change. We had high hopes and were very positive but sometimes these hopes got crushed you could say. Music of Color is something new and also the work that we do is bringing something new to the city. But then a lot of journalists and a lot of clubs and other institutions just view us as sort of like people that are interested in creating diversity and are not caring about our artistic vision. And we're not trying to sell diversity as our only selling point. I think it's a very dangerous thing. And I guess these are the realities that we try to move within. It's like a field of trying to create awareness but not trying to be a token and not trying to sell out something. When I first came to the city, I didn't really feel represented in this scene musically, but then also I somewhat felt marginalized and without any opportunities. And I guess I'm someone who has a lot of experience in this field and I always imagined how it must be for people who are just starting out, who just have like a very vague vision of what they do or maybe they don't have enough experience. So it was very important to create something to empower these kind of people to share the same experiences. and. I guess this was something very new for the city because Leipzig is a city that's quite alternative, which I'm very happy about. And most of the music and culture scene is heavily 
connected to politics in a sense. But then I felt like not too many people were seeing our experiences or were trying to create spaces where people could just be represented. And also, very importantly, to have some sort of like self-determination of how we want to be represented. Sedef Adazi is a DJ and producer with residencies at Munich Splitz Club and Berlin's Panorama Bar. In her hometown of Augsburg, she hosts Hammam Nights, an event series that has earned her the reputation for fostering local communities. Inviting a broad range of international nightlife protagonists to Augsburg gives Sedef Adazi the opportunity not only to support regional structures, but to bring the Hammam mindset of inclusivity and hospitality to places across the globe. I'm running a queer party in Bavaria in a city called Augsburg. It's a student city with almost 300,000 people and I'm doing basically uh, every two or three months uh, a night in my hometown. I launched the series because I wanted to invite my friends and the queer community to have a special night in a special city because in our city it's a bit difficult to yeah, find safer spaces or places where you can express yourself or can be free in a way and that's why I had the feeling that we need something more special in our hometown. For sure it was like kind of a process also for me because a party has to grow and you cannot expect that the party is like packed from the first night but in that case I really like thought about club culture and about like running parties and about having a vision and I really like did my homeworks. I did a lot of promotions, I invited friends, I told my vision of my party and that made the first night really special also because the people were like really, okay, this is something new and it's different. I really believe in little details because they're like really essential for everything in life. For example, I when the party starts, I'm waiting for the guests with Colonia. Uh, Colonia is Turkish refreshment. It's like a disinfection for the hands. It's like a rose water or lemon water. And it's like that that Turkish people hand out Colonia as a welcoming thing. And that's what I do on my parties. And while I am like handing out the Colonia, it's like also funny to see the people that are coming and you have little connection almost in the beginning of the party to the people. (music) 
on Hammam Nights, everybody is welcome. There is like a caption called Gay, Queer, Not Sure. Anybody can join Hammam Nights, which is like also like very important to me. The key word for the perfect dance floor would be unity, respect, love and confidence. On the dance floor, you can express yourself in a way and nobody will judge you. We ha all have the power to create this special place and I think we also need to create a special place with our energies. It's super important that different people take part in those parties and everybody brings their mindset and energy to it. There was a special moment and I will never forget it because it was on the first Hammam Nights. I was handing out some fruits on the dance floor to the ravers and I started going through the crowd and offering the grapes. And while I was like offering the fruits, in the beginning the people were kind of like insecure and shocked that somebody gives you something. Like it was really like an awkward moment. And then I just gave them other grapes and they were like, ah, okay. And so they took the grapes and they were like really thankful and also like so happy about it. It really like gets you a connection to the people. And I really realized that the people are just insecure also on the dance floor. I think that's so important to have a space that you can like really feel comfortable and you always work on it. Insecurity is a very big topic in club culture and I mean it's also natural so I don't judge. We really can work on it and we have to work on it all together. You can yeah, get an easier life I think if you like thinking, reflecting about things, about being with people and like talking to people, being nice. I really believe in that. The dance floor is ideally a place where you can be free and you should be free. Free from a daily job, from your obligations and responsibilities. That there is a place where you can let go. It helps you a lot to get rid of your daily stress and it's kind of a therapy for everybody and it's very essential. Ulrike Schell is a freelance artist and graphic designer living in Chemnitz. She has worked for Atomino Club in various capacities, including as a bartender and awareness person, and now looks after social media and the club's aesthetic identity. She is a member of the Atomino Association and is currently working on opening a new space for the club in the Wieckbau complex in Chemnitz. I'm Ulrike from Club Atomino in Chemnitz. I was born here and I was raised here and this is also my city of choice. And Atomino has been around for almost 23 years now and I've been working there since 2017. And 
in the club Atomino I had the opportunity to look into many facets of club life. Actually, this club was already my second home before I even started working there. I've been partying there every weekend almost and for me and my friends it was already one of our favorite places in this city. But before Corona, from 2017 to lockdown, I mainly worked at the bar and the cloakroom in the club. And to some extent, I was also the awareness person of the club and was the direct contact person for the well-being of our guests and stuff. For me, community is a place where people with the same interests, with the same visions meet and exchange ideas and discuss problems. But not only that, I think that community is also a feeling. Community is a mental feeling which is concerned with the inner connection with fellow human beings. And community is also relationships between people and people can form and maintain communities to meet the needs and interests they have in common. And with our club, we want to create a place and a community where we can share trust, where we can share belonging, security, and where we care for each other. And we want to create a place where everyone can feel safe and everyone is able to express their personality the way they want to. And I feel like that in our circle that we are very mean to always strengthen this community and each one of us is individually trying to keep this community that we have because we all know how special that is and we all know that this is a privilege to be in such good hands within this community. So for us, a club is a place where many different people meet and many of them can experience abusive and discriminatory behavior. Unfortunately, a lot goes uncommented and unpunished, which is leading to feelings of insecurity and fear in the clubs, maybe especially for BIPOC people and queer people. With Atomino, we want to create a space in which we raise awareness of respectful behavior and where we are sensitive to problems. And we think it's about supporting each other and making the Atomino a place where everyone can feel comfortable and no abuse and discriminatory behavior will be tolerated. In conclusion, we want to envision the Atomino as a safer space, a space in which we can act proactively against racism, sexism, heteronormative social orders, and where we stand up for awareness, tolerance, respect, and acceptance.
I remember that at a time when awareness was not very important yet, I would say, so a couple of years ago, when there was not like enough talks about awareness and stuff, Atomino always tried to create a space in which you could address the bar, the security and later the awareness people with any condition. And when I was very young, there was an incident in which basically I was just harassed by a man who put his hand on my butt and pushed me against the wall and was about to kiss me, I guess. And there were people around me who became aware of it and were able to free me from the situation. So I quickly ran to the security and described what was happening. And without a second question and with full respect, I was noticed by them. And the guest who harassed me had to leave the club. So what I experienced in this situation is an experience that I can share with a lot of people actually, because unfortunately it's not uncommon for that to happen in clubs. But I was just really happy that I had the opportunity to address my problems because I've been to other clubs before and I've been smiled at by the security when I talked about such abuse in their clubs. And I even remember security guards from other clubs telling me to move on and don't panic about such little incidents. Basically, they were just disrespecting me and my well-being. And I guess that's why I stopped going to such places. These are not places where I can feel safe. And so now I'm really grateful for clubs that are trying to create a safer space. And I think it's really important to keep these clubs alive. I feel like a lot of people are misunderstanding or not really thinking about it, what a club means to other people. For a lot of people, partying is just a hobby in a room where they can balancing out their stressful everyday life, where they can shut off their stressful everyday life. And I think a lot of people are forgetting that a club is a safer space, or at least it should be a safer space, especially for groups that are marginalized by the society. So it's a place where people who don't really conform to the ideals of mainstream society can come together and express their personality. So a club is actually also a place for experimentation. And I think it's really too important to preserve such spaces because to a lot of people and to myself as well, a club can mean a home to somebody and a club is a place of belonging for so many people and it's really important to keep these alive because a lot of people don't experience or cannot experience such feelings outside of such safer spaces. We have to realize that the club also got colonized in the last years. We cannot forget who actually owned the clubs and who formed clubs. And that was not 
white head men. It was the queer non-white communities who actually built up places. And I think it's a lot of reclaiming and reowning that. I think even if nobody would like support us, there will be always a lot of raves and ravers and illegal raves where we can express ourselves because it's a natural habit. We need to dance and we need to get rid of the bad energies and unite with other people and having great nights. For me, a club means freedom. It means also social life and social impact. And also it means for me sexuality and the curiosity of self-awareness and self-expression. It means friendships, relationships, solidarity. Also a club is political space and it's a social space and a space to express yourself freely. It's not only important people do something for us, it's more about us doing it for ourselves because we know what our needs are, because we know what we are missing and what our vision is. This was Shaping Dance Floors Locally, part of the On Music podcast series produced by Haus der Kulturen der Welt in collaboration with Refuge Worldwide, curated by Kerstin Meissner and Sarah Farina, aka Transmission, with Zedaf Adazi, Jin Bali, Ramin, and Ulrika Schell. Music by Zedaf Adazi, Agie Geiger, remixed by Credit OO, Little Dragon, remixed by Sarah Farina, Heard featuring Yukimi Nagano, Nas, Octa Octa, Nade Serres, Amy Winehouse remixed by Bugs in the Attic, and Zombie Nation. That was On Music, the podcast dedicated to in-depth engagement with the world of sound. Brought to you by Haus der Kulturen der Welt in Berlin. Narration by Sarge Lynch. Recording, production, and editing by Julia Forkefeld. Additional recording by Matthias Hardenberger. Interviews and script by Arno Rafaina. On music sound logo by Alexandra Cardenas. <laughs> <laughs>